Today my guest is Vicky Marsh. Now Vicky is a mum to two young children, a runner herself and owner of Head Start Clinics in Cambridge. Head Start not only offers sports massage, but a wide range of in-person and online options to help heal, strengthen and mobilise. Vicky has great experience managing both the physiological and the psychological journey through injury, recovery and rehabilitation, and I think everyone will be able to find something in the conversation today that they can relate to. It's week six today, and we will be doing just two runs in total, each of them 10 minutes long. After a five minute walk to warm up, we will do the first 10 minute run. We'll then have three minutes to walk before the second 10 minute run. From there, we will take it down to a recovery walk. If you're following along with the beginners program, when it's time to run, you'll hear this sound. And then when it's time to walk, you'll hear this sound. If you're not following the program, you can just ignore the sounds and listen to the conversation. What are you waiting for? Let's get started. Starting off with that five minute walk. Thank you so much for joining us today, joining me today. Do you want to start off by introducing yourself maybe a little bit about your experience with running, um, what you do in your day job, and, and then I'll tell you how we met. <laughs> Absolutely, well thank you very much for, for having me. Um, yeah, so my name is Vicky Marsh and I'm a sports massage therapist who works in Cambridge. I'm a really good example of a reluctant runner. I probably would describe myself as like, when I'm fit and healthy, I really enjoy running and I find it then easy, but it's, I can very quickly fall out of the habit I've had a lot of running related injuries with stuff and now like literally as we're sort of talking sort of now I'm building back up again um but it's one of those things of going I really want to be in a situation of doing it quote unquote right you know I'm kind of I want to be able to enjoy the good weather that we've got I want to be out and about and have the choice to be able to just go from my door and go rather than have to go to a gym or somewhere else like it's really freeing but knowing that I've had a history of stuff um and that, again, as we said before, I'm probably an example of like in my practice, like our worst clients in that I've got really good intentions, but struggle to follow exercises at home and stuff. It's of so stuff. ironic, isn't it, Vicky? Because you've just probably described your worst client ever. <laughs> and this is why the way that we work at our practice, so it's Head Start Clinics, why we work is that you know, it's, it's, it's trying to find things that, if your body does need the help and support that you're doing the most efficient thing because you could be like I say I get tired a lot I'm a single mom obviously I'm running a business um, I'm currently stroking the dog because the dog wants to come and say hello so so I want to make sure it's efficient and I want to and, and I'm also quite competitive even though I don't want to put the effort in so it's around trying to find things that work for you specifically now so we have some clients who are like the textbook you know we'll follow all exercises advice they'll come in early before stuff's a problem but actually that's not that's not who we see the most like most people we see are more like myself in that they just want to be able to get in a groove and do something and it's actually really disruptive when there's an injury and they can often then run for longer but and, and it then be a problem and stuff like that so i think we we try and tailor how we work with people what advice we give to stuff that's actually manageable day to day because it when everything's perfect in life, we can do these amazing plans and spend, you know, an hour a day. But in reality, that's never, is it? Ne you never have the situation where that's the case. 
I mean, exactly. I always joke with my with my colleagues that we always think like, yeah, we'd be we'd be going to the Olympics if we had like no day job, no other commitments, all the money in the world, all the like, you know, personal chefs and all that. It's just not reality. And I'm sure it's not reality even for Olympians. Yeah, it's, it's precisely. And I think and I think that's it. So, you know, I sort of have a love hate relationship with running, but I think it, it's it's such a good it's really confronting. It helps you kind of work through stuff. You learn more about your body. I mean, I've had two, two kids. I've got a one-year-old at the moment. Um, he's my youngest. And it really, you know, like my running now is different to running when, you know, when I was at uni where I could just probably get up and go and also be fit enough and fast enough to hurt myself if I hadn't, <laughs> hadn't prepped for it. Whereas now I'm literally having to, you know, do walk runs and, and, and deal with the mindset stuff of that when I had been super competitive and fit before. Um, but also understand that my body is kind of different and it's really appreciating it. But like last night I didn't sleep very well and I wanted to go out for a run today. And actually I was like, I'm going to make myself ill if I do. And although I'm frustrated, walking is still better. And I just have to work on that patience. And I think, you know, that's, in clinic I think that's what we try and help with because it's unbelievably frustrating if you yeah. get an injury and running has become part of your stress management relaxation whatever it is um, and I think the sooner that we can get people back on track but also help understand bodies understand actually how things like sleep and stuff affects recovery and with women you know things like monthly cycle you know like I'm really fascinated why some runs feel awesome and some feel awful <laughs> you yeah. know when you learn more about all of these things you're like oh it makes so much more sense and then you can actually really have like say for me who has a love-hate relationship can actually really get towards more loving running with stuff and then if you are someone who's always run then you can be confident that you're going to be able to keep running because I think that's a fear a lot of people have is that you know well at some point I might have to stop you know? yeah I think that's it's interesting because I mean it brings me on to how we met in that I I mean we've known each other six years or something like that now I think I came to you when I was a student and um I I hadn't it must be longer than that because I hadn't actually started running yet I don't think I injured my knee whilst jumping off a flight of stairs trying to take a photo of me like flying in the air as you do um and I just jumped off this flight of stairs so many times I hurt my knee and I came to you and after I'd been to the GP and I'd, I'd had knee problem for quite a few months the GP had told me that running was just not an option for me that I was never mm. going to run and mm. I you know I, I was probably in my early 20s at the time and I just thought but that's that's not right that's not and I I didn't even want to run at the time but I thought I wanted it to be an option yes to me yeah. and I was in physical pain just walking and and running slightly playing netball cycling that kind of thing not even high levels of activity but I think what the difference of obviously coming to you is that you saw you didn't see that as it would never be an option again it was yeah. just well how do we get there mm -hmm. and then since then obviously running has become part of my life but I've never had that knee pain again <laughs> I think I think it's the you know we we are so lucky here in the UK that we have access to the NHS like and 
as a result, it does affect how we view our bodies in healthcare because the primary resource we go to when we're in pain is a GP. Mm. And we all know our experiences with GPs can be very variable. And, and this, you know, they, they're just, they're, they have to know about everything then and what we're talking about here the technical term is like musculoskeletal so to do with you know the body um physically like muscles joints bones things like that and actually in the the hierarchy of things that can be wrong with you that's fairly low so of course unless you've got a gp who that's their interest or they want to specialize in it, what they're screening for is um you know can you look after yourself can you wash or dress yourself um, are you losing muscle function as in severe like you know sensation and then if you're young well you'll probably get better or if you won't don't then there's plenty of other things you can do because they've got so much else to do and a lot of people will go to the GP first and then come and see us and you can see that they they don't want to necessarily believe that they can't run again mm. or that they have to give up something that they love but at the same point we, you know we respect doctors they they know a lot of stuff and you know it's it's who we're told to go and see so i think that's a really difficult time um but like i say i'm i'm sort of i like puzzles and for me, like we, there's some really fundamental principles, which is really important to remember. So anyone listening who's in pain or having any sort of issue right now, like the body fundamentally is designed to heal. Like it does not serve your body as a system to deliberately put you in pain, right? Or to deliberately do that. It doesn't, evolutionary speaking, it just doesn't make sense because you wouldn't have survived very well. So it's designed to heal. So what we can say is that there's either one of two things happening if someone's not progressing. Um, either the, 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 there's a block going on and that could be because someone's repeatedly doing something that's causing irritation and you can't recover well enough. So the body is recovering, it's just not recovering well enough. And running, this is a great example of what we call an overuse injury with stuff or in your case with the jumping you hadn't you could jump once but you decide and you weren't condi what we call conditioned so like accustomed to it so of course you could do the jumps but doing multiple ones you got an overuse one and then the other aspect which is really often forgotten because often we can really easily say oh look here's a movement that's a problem or quads are too tight and this is more what we call the biomechanics side so this is what a lot of people would have experienced they go in they get can you touch your toes can you bend over can you do this we'll do that so that that works really well like about 80 percent of the time but then the other reason is that it's not that you're not recovering in fact you are actually recovered from the point of view of injury but that your body is still sensitive and it thinks and it's telling you that there's a problem and the best way that we describe this is it's like a smoke alarm that goes off when there's no fire so like like hairspray or deodorant can set it off so you your body is telling you that your knee has a problem whereas actually in theory we know if you're young fit healthy and it was from one episode or even you know that you've had a history of it but you'd gotten to running longer than you normally would do and then it's kicked back in a lot of it is to do with this what we call sensitization and it's just like in real life in that if you've had a bad experience with something you're going to be more jumpy and alert for a while or even people develop a phobia of flying or spiders but we know that we can train that out mm -hmm. and and but what happens when someone who is who you respect tells you that you're never going to run again immediately your brain goes wow there must be something wrong with me and that in itself makes you 
I always think about it like babysitting <laughs> in a big spooky house and the lights go out. It's like every sound is scary. So then we start to think that they, the pain is wrong and stuff like that. And anyone who runs regularly knows that you get pain. Like, yeah. but And at the end of the day, nobody wants to permanently damage themselves. They, it, you know, you want to be able to be walking or running or whatever it is moving comfortably until very late on in your life. I think maybe this is a really good point to bring in what some of the research shows because you've touched on something here in that there's a lot of um, imagery with running that if something's sore that we're wearing stuff down or like you know that it's that our joints are gonna be like wearing away and stuff what we know is is that if you compare a group of non-runners and a group of runners and the one study I'm thinking of in particular was looking at kneecaps because we can get a lot of knee pain right well that's a very common thing people say I can't run I've got bad knees yeah, exactly um there basically is zero difference in wear and tear um between the two groups with stuff there's, there's none whatsoever and what we do know there's um being really geeky and nerdy there's like an image that goes around on social media every now and then looking at the amount of muscle that like an 80 year old has compared to an 80 year old triathlete and the amount of muscle is so much more we know that muscle is so important for pain relief for reducing falls and trips and stuff and then also for making you fast <laughs> running and stuff as well and that 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 can sometimes be an issue in that with with you know that we tend to to have history in running of doing almost what I'm doing now so I'm trying to change it and make sure I'm aware of it but we start running and we know that you know say do couch to 5k or we start off and actually we're not very fit and our joints do hurt and then we start to improve we get this almost linear progress and there's there's a desire for most of us to then you know we enjoy that so we then want to run further and it's a model based on doing more mileage now in most other sports um we would tend to learn the skills of the sport first, be that horse riding, crossfit, you know, swimming. We teach you how to swim and then you build up mileage. Whereas running, because we can sort of all go out and do it, it seems a bit odd that we would be like, well, why would I learn how to run with, you know, particular form style or build up any, and do drills to build up my hip strength? You don't do that. Like we do a couch to 5K and then maybe you just do more from that. We as grown ups, like, tend to think that we're in control of a lot of stuff and when you watch a kid who's in pain they can get freaked out like it's visibly obvious whereas as, as adults we have that experience but internally you know we're, we're also of, quite proud and stubborn aren't yeah, we exactly you have all these conversations going on in your head and i call them like the middle of the night thoughts so literally when you wake up in the middle of the night and you're worrying about whether you're ever going to run again like whether you're going to put on weight whether you're going to actually be able to recover in time for race day with stuff, whether you're going to be letting people down because you've raised money for charity for the event, those things all add to the stress your body's under. And if it's already feeling edgy, and I'm sort of moving my hands around in an anxious way, if it's already feeling edgy and then you put more pressure on it, that's when actually we find that pain tends to go up. Damage doesn't go up, but pain, like people are more sensitive to stuff. You know, they're more on edge and more jumpy. And as a result, pain can be higher, which then is this whole reinforcing cycle. I definitely so felt that. I think I, cause I've been injured this year. I was meant to be running a marathon in April and I had an injury back in November that I knew, I kind of got to the point around January that I realized that this was not going away quickly and I couldn't, I couldn't just, like I, I got to the point where I had, I had to cancel that race. But the thing is, as soon as I did, felt so much better yes yeah yeah and I was I was gonna I was I was thinking should I touch on on this or or is it gonna be too much of a step with it but like honestly the 
the amount like we and I think runners probably more so than most but even me as a therapist I fall into this trap like biomechanics is a lovely model to look at you know as in like are you over pronating like have you built up your medial quad strength like it's a lovely model because it does explain a lot of things okay you haven't got enough hip strength and stuff okay great well your calves are too tight and it does tend to make a difference working on these things but what i think an important one is is that when pain is persistent we do then have an aspect of what we call the pain science or the nervous system coming into play as well so you what, what we just say this is like your experience of pain and we know that the experience of pain goes up when we're stressed and down when we're not so that relief that taking that pressure off even though you might have known beforehand, look, actually, I'm just worrying and that might make it worse. It doesn't do it. it. It's like placebo. You can almost, you can know that you're taking a placebo, but it still has a benefit or why flu tablets are red and um, like um, yellow, because it's, that's what we associate with fighting stuff off. Whereas like stomach calming stuff is blue because that's that we know the research says that. So, you know, I, I, this aspect of understanding how, your mind and body work together with running we know it because running create changes how we feel mm. but we sort of seem to forget it when it comes to when we're not feeling good in running and we're in pain about how we can kind of use that or use that knowledge to our advantage when so with your work and your team what are the most common things that you see with regards to runners specifically i think so there's a whole variety of sort of common running injuries um the probably the, the most common is knee pain and like generalized knee pain so on the inside the outside or on the the tendon and most of that can be dealt with in it's sort of similar kind of treatment styles and tends to respond really well to a combination of treatment and then doing skills and strengthening stuff achilles is obviously quite a common one as well and um one of the things there is that there's a lot of stuff online that people can research and try. So we tend to be seeing people who've, um, one of two categories, either they've never had it before. And the first few episodes can be really sharp. The pain, it can almost feel like it's stabbing. Um, so we, people are worried. So they want some reassurance with stuff. So we either see that or we see when they've had lots of episodes of it. And that's where actually it takes a very long time to get to that point, but the tendon has changed. So therefore it's just like a muscle. We can, we can build it back up again, but that's when actually the strengthening and skills work is probably much more important than the stretching because we need to build this elastic bit up. Um, we've got things like um, plantar fasciitis is a good one. That's one of my familiar friends that I get every now and then. Um, and that can be really debilitating, can't it? it? Really painful. It can be incredibly painful. And again, confusing as well, because it can sometimes, it presents after rest. So as you get up out of bed or once you've been sit, sat down for a bit and actually during the running, it's not necessarily a problem, but then you can get, you get to the point where actually even walking hurts. And obviously that, that's where things get very difficult because obviously then it feels very disabling, you know, debilitating is a good word for it. But again, it's, it's that these things are relatively easy to manage. And if it's been around a long time, again, we can still get improvements with it, but it's often that we're having to look at other factors like, you know, I've, 
a whole variety of things so like i've watched people postnatally you know and that actually it's been a slower than you would expect but actually it's because they're massively sleep deprived for example their body's just got other resources so then we try and find other things that can help um fill in the gaps of the exercise that they want to do but isn't necessarily as aggravating and just giving it a bit of time and space on the recovery um one that is not commonly sort of thought about but actually we see a fair bit is um actually back pain mm. and there's sort of two categories one is that someone might have had a bit of a back spasm separately and then find that running aggravates it because things have t- we've tightened up stiffened up and things so managing that but also a a common one that then links with um other ones is that you can get with running what we call bone stress injuries so this is a category that um is quite important to identify early because with bone it takes longer to recover and females in particular caucasian and in their 20s are most vulnerable to it it doesn't mean that that's the only group is that the kind of is that stress fractures is that where that comes in so stress fractures yeah so it would it can be anything we classify it as a spectrum so it would start off as sort of if you were to scan the bone you could see some inflammation in it so the equivalent as if you've got on a blister i guess how the skin goes red and puffy that we can see some changes um but it presents as this sort of quite deep ache sensation you might not be able to it might be fine at one point comes on and then disappears again so that that's that sort of early stage where it's just sort of irritated and that can happen like commonly happens in in chins with stuff and it's it's there's a number of different reasons that can cause it but ultimately it's that the bone itself is is getting um stressed at a level that it can't recover and the reason that women struggle with it a bit more is that hormonally things like when we're older obviously we're vulnerable to osteoporosis so when we're younger it's not that we've got weak bones it's just that compared to men the way our calcium goes down it's just not quite as there so and again running if we're running day after day or week after week it, it can build up um in the feet it can happen i don't see that as much with the groups that i work with it tends to be more shins but it can come come on in the back as this sort of really persistent naggy kind of back pain and I realized I didn't in that list, which is interesting, say anything about muscle strains. Like we do see calf strains and hamstring, but one of the reasons that we don't see them that often is that they typically come from sprint sessions or heel sessions. Oh, now, all the things that runners try and avoid. Yeah, exactly. And in Cambridge with basically zero heels, you know, this is why we don't see them as much, but we tend to, of the two, see more calf. And that tends to be a little bit more based on heels because you're obviously having to, to be in a physically different posture when you're running up a hill but yeah a lot of a lot of runners for some reason (laughs) don't want to do the sort of interval or sprint work which actually is so useful for really effective training if you just did a four six week block and of course building it up and getting the advice and stuff but actually like you would build hamstring strength which does two things it means that your endurance will go up without even having to run further but your ability to have power and put it in when you need it like that's one of the things when I love my running that I really enjoy when I'm fit is that I feel like I have choice in the run it doesn't feel hideously tiring the whole time like I can choose to run faster slower I can accelerate round a bend and feel like I'm super speedy which I don't you can you could go for that sprint finish if you want to and yeah exactly and that's where I think you know there isn't a culture necessarily of doing 
weights or gym work with running but certainly one of the easiest tools and we recommend this a lot when people are recovering from tendon injuries so they can do like a very short run um but they find if they go longer then the tendon pain comes back again and that could either be achilles knee um or in the foot um is to actually do interval training because then you put a lot of load through but the number of steps is so much less so then you're then going to be able to recover and tendons like load, but they don't necessarily like that endurance. It takes a long time to um, build that endurance up, but you can then get faster, which then of course makes your long runs easier as well. It's, it's what it is, especially if you've not done it as well. It's one of the most effective ways. To... I definitely found that when I was coming back from, from injury earlier in the year, I went out and did basically did couch 5k myself. Um, but I was being able, I was able to run faster for those like couple of minutes. And it was great because you get that like endorphin yeah. <laughs> hit, yeah. which is what you're, well, what I was craving from not being able to run, yeah. but, uh, but without putting the damage and the potential like pressure through, through my foot and allowing it time to recover at the same time. I think like this touches on sort of two important points. Like one, running is a really good form of exercise for getting us into the physical state where we get the endorphin release. So regardless of whether you get a runner's high as they describe it or not, you still feel better. Your head is clearer and you're mentally there, right? But of course, what we've got to remember is that it's like any situation in the body, you then start to get used to that. So it naturally encourages you to want to run further so that we get into the fatigue state more to then get the endorphin response so particularly when people are suffering from stress and particularly when it's not obvious stress and it's often things like a parent that's not well if they are have got a conversation that they want to have with their partner but they're worried that it might you know cause issues so they just leave it those are the ones where we tend to use the runs and then want to put more time on to um then adjust that endorphin response and then run for further but then of course if you're not getting that when you're injured or uh you know at the moment we're in lockdown for coronavirus or if you have to go away for work with stuff then of course your stress then goes up a lot as well and we know when stress goes up pain goes up so then it can be sort of circular so short intense bursts of exercise are a really good way of getting it and if you can't actually get it through running then the amount of times that i recommend doing like joe wicks you know body coach type workouts like just get yourself hot and sweaty for yeah, 15 it was, um, minutes. spin classes that got me through exactly like that hot and sweaty and you need and it, what we the evidence is around 15 minutes is what you need to then also get the pain relieving effects, which is effectively the endorphin. So 15 minutes of where you sweat is normally the definition that I would give. And then trying to find a tool that isn't then aggravating that particular body part. I think people forget that everything is connected in the body, isn't it? And, and quite often I've been to many physios and, and um, kind of therapists in the past, and you can, you sit there and describe your, your symptoms or what you've been experiencing. And I'm always amazed when, you know, professional can then say you're, you're having trouble in your knee and they can, they then like put their finger in your, like in the side of your glute and they go, is that where it's painful? And you're like, oh my <laughs> days. Yes, that is yeah. exactly where yeah. it hurts. And this is a, that's such a good example of like, we live in our bodies. It's just you in your body. There's no one else in there. And we have a lot of blind faith with it. We're like, if our knee hurts, like I can tell you my knee hurts, like it's definitely hurting. So it's a really interesting experience. And we actually use this when we work with people to be like, 
look, we, we have to take it with a grain of salt, which is so useful when it's telling you that something's really wrong and you're panicking a bit too. Like I can't run again, or this is just getting worse, or I'm putting on what, you know, all these other things that you worry about. It's like, hang on a second. We know we've got evidence that actually that pain, if I push in your quad, is actually replicating pain because it's referring down to your knee. And that's really common. Um, so we know that it can't be 100% your knee joint is disintegrating, for example. And, and it seems extreme, but these are the thoughts that we get, the middle of the night thoughts. We call them catastrophizing, which again sounds dramatic, but it is. It's like I'm never going to run again and my knee's wasting away. With running, because it is so important, I think, for so many people's emotional well-being, is remember that there's two parts to this. We do have some clients where it's super simple textbook and we do biomechanics, but most of the time running is so much more than that for so many of us that it's remembering that physically you might be recovered, but actually you're just emotionally exhausted and drained from either other stuff and then from not being able to run and that it's hard and confronting to go back and be slow or, you know, or whatever it might be. And, and that can manifest as pain again, because you sort of feel the knee and then you start worrying about the knee. You transfer the worry about being slow to that or the worry that oh, I've put on a bit of weight since not running, which I definitely am experiencing at the moment. And then I'm like, oh, I've, you know, maybe my body's weak and stuff. Well, maybe it is, but actually I've got to acknowledge that, you know, I've been worried about my nutrition. Yeah. And, and you and just it, need to be kind to yourself. Exactly. And if, my, and if it is that my ankles and feet and stuff are actually on the weaker end, they won't be weak because we're walking around and I can run, then then be parent myself and say I need to do the things to strengthen that mm. uh, and then I'm a very petulant child I'm like but I don't want to and stuff and it's like okay we'll find a class you know and that's well done guys you've just completed two runs and a total of 20 minutes running today now's the time to walk back cool down and have a stretch and enjoy the last five minutes of the podcast it's I think that is so important I think you know Run, runners, we love to run and we hate to do any kind of mobilization work or strengthening because it's boring. You know? I, <laughs> and I, you know, and I, I think I can say that. I think it's fair. It's not what we would rather be doing, but it is important. And so then, Vicky, what would you say to people who, who feel that way? How can they trick themselves into doing it? No, no, I love this. I love this. I trick myself all the time. And I say I've had to do this for, for many, many years. I think that um, one simple thing, one simple thing is honestly, is to reflect back as to what's worked for you in the past. So are you someone that likes to plan? Well, then like I say, we're lucky nowadays that there's so many resources online. You can literally just type in mobility plan for runners and find something free from like runners world or something, right? So if a plan works for you, do a plan. For me, it's people, like being around people. I, I, I know all this stuff, never do it myself. So I have to be around people at a certain time. So then find a class. Now I know that um, yoga, for example, you know, is commonly sort of recommended in Pilates. Um, like I say, because I know that I would still find things, I'd be like, yeah, but I don't really want all this and stuff. We, we actually have got classes specifically for runners. So mobility for runners. Um, which and I think that's really nice that it's for runners because one of the things that I think when I go to I've been to some yoga classes before and I go oh my days I cannot touch my toes and the person next to me has their foot wrapped around their head or something impossible 
because we're not the most mobile or flexible no. and and just to reassure you actually again lots of research says that there's a point in which when you increase your mobility as a runner actually your speed will go down your performance goes down and your injury risk will go up i will take that as my excuse okay, exactly but again what why mobility is really useful is twofold a it tells you about what's going on with your body wow my left side is really different to my right so it gives you a heads up which is so important for taking control and ownership of stuff and also it changes the sensation so now we tend to talk a lot about it as therapists we're learning to talk about the, the that it's a tight sensation and there's a feeling of stiffness not that it actually is truly stiff and mobility and sort of repetitions of stuff can be really helpful but what i really would recommend if you if you are like yeah yeah i, I mean i know this and the other is actually would be to try for example our strength and skills for runners class um that's a fun one the whole point is to highlight things like single leg drills hopping balance drills ideally stuff that you're actually probably quite incompetent at in a fun way that then isn't going to then be like a um, high intensity workout style. You can be a hundred percent sure it's actually filling in like foundational strength mm. and stuff. You can actually, we always teach as in uh, not just moves, but like why and stuff. So you'll be learning more with stuff as well. Um, but that's a really good way. Cause again, like you said, a lot of runners find mobility challenging. It can sometimes even be painful, but then actually doing the strength and skill stuff, which is, like I said, all these hopping drills, skills drills, lower back strength, core, hips, and having it varied, like novelty can sometimes be important too. Just so having someone tell you what to do is so uh, valuable. And I think at the best of times, we have so much on our plates. That's what's really nice about, you know, being told to turn up at a certain time to go for a run with people or being going to a class in that yes you're exactly right you could do this yourself but it's going to require time energy and effort whereas actually to then go along to a class and have somebody like literally you can switch your brain off be a hundred percent sure that you're being covered in all these bits and stuff like that's a nice experience and like i say because as you said right at the beginning i am like the world's worst client like that's why it's really important for me like leading like our business like to create things that actually frigging work Vicky, that's been so helpful everybody can take something away from from all that you've said if somebody wants to find out more about head start or the classes that you're running where can they go Probably the best place to head would be to headstart clinics, so with an s.co.uk forward slash classes. So that would be like our, at the moment, it's our online timetable, which is what we're probably actually going to keep it as rather than in person. Um, and that will have our range of them. And we, we have classes in like heal, mobilize, and strengthen categories. So you can kind of decide as well. But the, the runners' classes will be there. But if you haven't tried one with us before, you can also use the code class taster when you book. So then you can try a class for free, partly to see how it works, see, you know, see how we are, how it, it kind of is done. But I can guarantee at the moment, the way that we're running the classes, it can all be done in your living room. Cause that's another thing. Runners are like, well, do I need my running kit? Am I going to be outside? No, this is stuff that can fit in around your running training. Like that's who we are. We're to help supplement the running training. Yeah, it couldn't be easier to join, could it? No, no. So, so that's, that's the aim is that we want to make it easy with stuff. So that's headstartclinics.co.uk forward slash classes. Um, and then of course you, you know, if you want to actually speak more specifically, you can either book an appointment, which you can do through the site, or I would probably just suggest emailing us because a lot of the time we might actually just be able to point you in the direction of a resource with stuff, 
or you know we can have a chat first of all with things so and of course it'd be lovely to see you guys there helping you get like fit strong and running fast lovely thank you so much for your time vicky no worries all your knowledge is so so interesting you could talk about this for what well, i could i could talk about this for hours <laughs> <laughs> well thank you very much for having me Well done for completing today's run and I hope you found our conversation useful. Make sure you do try and repeat this same run once or twice more ideally before progressing on to week seven next week. We'd love to hear how you're getting on so make sure you connect with us. We are at Let's Run Girls on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Have a good week. Thank you.